Welcome to Lean Leadership for Ops Managers, the podcast for leaders in ops management who want to spark improvement, foster engagement, and boost problem solving, and still get their day job done. Here's your host, leadership trainer, lean enthusiast, and spy thriller junkie, Jamie V. Parker. Hello, hello, Jamie here, and today we're talking about daily meetings, huddles, startups, tiered meetings, stand-ups, whatever you call them, we're going to talk about them. Now, back in episode 12, Ron Pereira from Gimba Academy walked us through four routines that make up the lean daily management system. And many organizations use daily huddles as that core routine that kind of brings it all together. But let's be real, building engaging, effective daily huddles that serve this greater purpose can be challenging to achieve in reality. So today, we have two guests joining us to provide their perspectives and suggestions based off their real world experience. First, Meredith Fisher is going to join us and she'll share some specific recommendations for those who are just getting started or maybe those of us that are restarting daily huddles. And then she'll shift to share considerations for those that have already built that huddle foundation and are ready to advance in maturity. After that, we'll dig into one of the key challenges I hear about a lot, low engagement. Stephanie Hill is actually gonna come on to share four considerations for you when you find that huddles have become an exercise of just checking the boxes, rather than a meaningful engagement. And then finally, of course, I'm going to throw in my perspective too. So you can find more information about both of our guests, including links to connect with them at the show notes. Just head over to processplusresults.com forward slash podcast, and then find episode number 15. Let's start off by hearing from Meredith Fisher. Now, Meredith is on a mission to build a more human-centered healthcare experience. And she has experience actually helping teams build a daily management system, including a multi-site tiered huddle structure and daily problem solving towards strategic goals using Toyota Kata. So super excited to have Meredith joining us. Thank you, Jamie. Well, before we jump into talking about daily meetings, can you uh, just give us a little introduction? Tell us a little bit about uh, you and your experience. Absolutely. So my name is Meredith Fisher. I work in uh, healthcare in the lean improvement world. Um, I'm located in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and much of my experience has been in um, healthcare systems in the area here. And um, for the past uh Quite a few years, I've been working uh, inside health systems, helping partner with operations leaders, really to put in place um, lean management systems that help um, it make it easier for leaders to be able to do their work and to keep our patients safe and provide the best possible care. So uh, it's really exciting, and I'm I'm excited to be able to talk with you about daily meetings because it's one of the things that I've seen be most powerful um, in getting that that lean journey going. Yeah, absolutely. We um, had Ron Pereira on recently, and he talked about that as well as this daily daily meetings as a part of a broader daily management system, right? 
Absolutely. Yes. And it, and what I've seen is it really can um, kind of pull all the parts and pieces together and, and help energize that daily management system and your lean management system. It's a great place to demonstrate and practice all those um, lean leader behaviors that we hear about and that we learn about. Um, so it becomes a really nice practice ground for us and, and a learning experience. Well, let's start out. Um, you know, this podcast is really designed for ops managers. And for those managers that are out there who are getting started with daily meetings or maybe restarting them. I know if anyone's like yeah. me, you've had a, a few uh, fall downs and get back up. So maybe starting or restarting, um, you know, what either recommendation, recommendations do you have or potential ideas or things they should consider as they're getting their daily meetings, either on the schedule or back on the schedule? Right. So for operations managers who are really just starting, or like you said, working on re-energizing those daily meetings, I find that it's helpful to ground yourself and your team in the intent and the purpose of those daily meetings and keep it simple, right? Don't try to do too much too fast. So um, think about maybe focusing on planning for a safe, smooth day, and even just zeroing in on safety as a starting point can be really powerful. So I work in healthcare, and when we start with safety, it's a wonderful way to demonstrate that respect for people, um, and that's for our caregivers and teammates as much as for our patients. Um, you can even really start that conversation and a, a simple daily meeting if you're truly just getting started with a broad and open question like, you know, what safety risks are you noticing, and start harvesting those from your team. Yeah, I, you know, I love that idea of, of saying, hey, you know, we don't have to nail it all from the very beginning and really understanding, you know, where is that one place we could start, you know, maybe safety being being a great starting point. Right. Yes. And um, one thing that that can happen when we start by asking that question and starting with safety, sometimes we have to overcome um ways of thinking and working that have come before. That happens with any improvement, right? So you might hear crickets at first. I've definitely seen that happen. <laughs> oh, I think everybody's out there nodding their heads right now. <laughs> right, yeah. right. And it gets uncomfortable, right? As the leader, like standing there holding the silence and waiting for someone to, 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 to go first and to speak. Um, so practice holding that silence. And um, the other thing, you know, that could be helpful is to go first and model the way. So you know, have some things in your back pocket that, that um, you've noticed and go ahead and share what you're observing. Um, so that we can start to, to shift our mindset. You have to kind of show, hey, it's good. Um, it's good to bring the problems up. We want to see that. So, you know, when something, the, the first person that brings up an issue, even if it's something that doesn't seem high priority or um, maybe it, it's something that's already been solved and there's an answer for it, would be great to just encourage, recognize, thank team members um, when they share that safety concern. It can be really powerful how you respond to that problem when it's raised. So, um, really thank the team members when they uncover and share that. And um, the other thing you can do is really call it out when you notice that meeting falling quiet, when you're standing there in front of your team as the, as the leader and no one's responding and maybe it's gone on for a couple of days, you know, just, hey, I'm noticing this. And mm -hmm. I, I've worked with teams that have, have rated themselves on how close they are to embracing that idea of problems or goals or um, no problem is a problem. And um, you know, just even facing that kind of level setting across the team, like, hey, we're not very good at this yet, so we're going to have to practice. 
Um, and others, they discover that they just, they wrote that really big, um, you know, problems or goals right across the top of their daily meeting boards. They could see it every day. Yes. Well, and I think, you know, if we go, go back to this idea that, Hey, you know, you might not be walking into saying, Hey, I'm having these daily meetings and we already have a culture where we embrace problems. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. so, so I think that does contribute to the silence and the awkwardness, um, and, and saying, Hey, as a leader, you've got a role to play in changing that. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And, and you can really model it and it will take time. It will take time, but it will happen because um, especially with the cadence of, you know, having that reliable routine of daily meetings, your team will start to see, I've got a place to go with this. And, you know, we're going to hold each other accountable to, to resolve these issues, right? That's the other really powerful thing. <laughs> um, when issues are raised, of course, closing the loop and, and using your good problem solving um, and PDSA cycles and sharing the learning, Um, But of course, that accountability is another really powerful thing to make sure Mm -hmm. that the team is aware when those issues are raised of how they were resolved and and hopefully even including them in solving the problems. Yeah, I love it. So that's great. um, You know, some great points to call out for those folks who are getting started. Now, I know that some listeners have been doing daily meetings for a while. They feel like their foundation is set and now they're ready to mature their meetings, right? How do we, how do we have a greater impact? How do we take this to the next level? So for those folks that are ready for that and want to advance their daily meetings, what, what ideas do you have for them? Absolutely. So I would say that, you know, once the foundation is there and you really have that daily routine, I would offer a a couple of suggestions based on the idea that, as we said earlier um, in our conversation, that huddles are really the core of that lean management system. So the intent of lean management system is to develop people to solve problems. The huddle is a great opportunity to do that. Um, So first, I would suggest building out your tiered huddles, and that's scalable depending on the size of your organization or your team. Um, In the healthcare organizations where I've worked, they've tended to be um, pretty big um, and, you know, spread out across multiple locations. Mm -hmm. And even in in really large organizations, we've been able to escalate issues um, for support and awareness of risk each day by 10 a.m., Right. You know, that's across multiple sites and we know where those issues need to go and who needs to solve for them. And when that happens, our frontline staff and leaders really are able to trust the process. And it just is a great opportunity to keep um, expanding the learning and expanding the impact. So we're learning when you do have multiple sites, especially. So you're learning um from others, others potential errors or their errors and preventing and preventing those going forward, which is, which is really useful. Um, the other yeah. thing that tiered huddles do, oh, go ahead, Jamie. Yeah. So, so what I, you know, when I think about this tiered process and, um, you know, I, I mean, I can remember kind of learning about it initially and, you know, reading about it and thinking, gosh, that's a lot of levels and all of this, mm-hmm. um, you know, but then hearing, hearing you talk about it, really showing the importance of, hey, what we're doing is we're creating trust in the process and we're demonstrating that when we're in maybe our frontline tier one meetings, that the team members that are coming, you know, they can see that activity happen. They can see that those issues are getting raised and they're coming back with, um, you know, whether it's countermeasures or whatever support they Mm -hmm. might need and how I bet that has a pretty big impact on engagement. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it becomes something that, you know, 
once you get to that point, wow, those, those daily meetings are not going to go away. Right. Because we yeah. know we need them and um, we trust that process and yeah, it becomes really powerful. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And even, I mean, in a smaller organization, it might, it might just be two tiers, right? right. Like right. it might just be going to that one next um, set of, of folks who have the ability to impact things um, that, that the first group doesn't, but um, it does. So it doesn't have to follow a specific structure as much as no. it's like that going back to that purpose. Yeah, totally yeah. scalable. And yeah, when we think about um, being able to develop people to solve problems, those tiers, um, one thing to think about is uh, problem solving at the right level, right? So when we put the tiered uh, meetings in place and those tiered huddles in place, um, we don't automatically just escalate every issue, right? Um, all the way up through the chain. We want to solve it at the lowest possible um, level in the organization, but we still might want to um, escalate for awareness so others can learn. Mm-hmm. Love it. Love it. All right. So we talk a little bit about tiers. What else you got for us? So in terms of um, continuing that kind of maturing of the huddles, I would also recommend this is where, as you were saying that, you know, Ron Pereira shared as part of the daily management system, um, starting to pull in visualizing your problem solving around some core processes. Um, and this is where we can get to a daily cadence of, of looking at and managing um the processes that you're running in your department, in your area, right at the front line, if you're at that tier one level, um, and it gives you that reliable routine of looking at that process, looking at the health of that process um, with your team and being able to engage them in some problem solving around it. Um, Or, you know, here's what we were running some PDSA cycles on this. Here's what we learned yesterday. So here's what we need to do differently today going forward. Mm -hmm. So really kind of, you can start to tie it into that rapid cycle improvement work that you're doing. Yeah. Well, and it almost sounds like, like, you know, I feel like a lot of times when we get started, there's so much about just like kind of reporting out some of these numbers and then trying to get people to raise problems. And now you're really saying, okay, now let's, let's use it more systematically. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's again, getting to that, you know, opportunity to practice our problem solving, um, to walk that walk. And I, I think it, of course, it helps operationally. It helps us achieve the results that we're looking for, which is huge too. Um, so it's great when we get to do when we get to do all those things. We get to engage people. Um, we get to surface the problems. They can be solved. They can build trust, and we can we can actually get our get our results that we need operationally, which is great. All right. So let me ask you this. Um, you know, let's we're gonna just say it like it is, right? Which is. Yeah. It sounds really easy. <laughs> In reality, that's not generally the case. Um, and it, so it can be tough, right? It can be tough. There's a lot of obstacles that we hit when we're trying to uh, integrate daily meetings or huddles into our everyday and then figure out how to use them to improve our business. So it can be frustrating sometimes when you're the one that's trying to really do this with your team. Mm-hmm. So what um, maybe words of encouragement would you have or, or suggestions you have for the folks that are really in the weeds trying to make this work? Yeah. 
Well, first it takes time, you know, like we, like we said at the beginning, starting small and focused is really important. And just like any other process, this is just like that, right? Try it and learn. So I really encourage um, reflecting on the huddle um, with your team, especially as you're starting more frequently. Uh, what It can be as simple as what went well today and what should we do differently tomorrow? You know, we don't have to um, do a complicated analysis, luckily, of, of our huddle process. We can, we can just make Make quick adjustments, you know, keep what works and adjust what we think could be better. Um, so that might be every single day that you ask that question at the beginning and then less frequently as you go or when you make those adjustments, you know, um, over time. But just like anything else, this is all about learning. Yes. Yes. So let's take some of the pressure off, right? Yes, exactly. Yes. It does not have, we don't have to do it all at once. There's no one right way to do it. You know, just remember to ground yourself in the, what you're trying to do, the core of what you're trying to do. And if you remind yourself of that and you remind your team of it, and then you're going to end up with a great result. Awesome. This is fantastic. I love you walking through, um, you know, these different recommendations and then keeping that, that purpose. And what are we trying to achieve in mind? Great. Yes. I think, um, it's, it's easy to get, uh, kind of caught up depending on your culture a little bit on the the standard work or the way to run the huddle or the way Mm -hmm. the board looks. Um, (laughs) don't, don't, don't get too deep into that when you're getting started. Just, just make sure, you know, if you've got an engaged team and they're speaking up at the huddle, then, you know, something's going right. Keep going. Yes. Perfect. Meredith, thank you so much for hopping on and joining us and sharing some of your experience and lessons learned um, with daily daily meetings. And we appreciate you, you joining us today. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Thank you, Jamie, for inviting me. Some great tips from Meredith. Really love hearing from her experience. And I particularly like her call out that we need to be purposeful in how we create a space where team members openly raise problems, particularly if you're starting out or if you find you never just you just never got that traction you were expecting. Because the reality is we it doesn't just happen, right? That environment doesn't just happen. It happens because we create it. Now we're going to hear from Stephanie Hill. Stephanie is owner of Lightbulb Moment Consulting, which provides services for businesses that want to improve their organization's effectiveness and efficiency. Hi, Stephanie. Welcome to the show. So glad to have you here. Hi, Jamie. Thanks so much for inviting me to participate. All right. Well, before we jump into our topic of daily meetings, would you just tell us a little bit about who you are and what some of your experience is? Sure. Um, I own Lightbulb Moment Consulting out of Des Moines, Iowa. Uh, I've been working in continuous improvement for the past 20 years, and half of that has been with manufacturing organizations. The other half has been in insurance, healthcare, and retail. Uh, I have a master's master black belt in Lean Six Sigma, um, a master's degree in public health, bachelor's in chemistry, and a certification in strategic HR leadership. I have two sons who recently graduated high school, um, one during COVID, which is kind of crazy. I have a cat and a new used dog, I say, uh, because I adopted her in May and she just celebrated her 16th birthday. Um, And it's also worth noting that I'm a huge Lego fan. So, Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. So much there. (laughs) I've also, uh, I wanted to say that I have been involved in standups, not just in the manufacturing setting, um, but I've also been in uh, finance, customer experience, and supply chain, um, setting up those standup boards too, so. 
Yeah. So you're all over the place, tons mm-hmm. of education. So it sounds like you might be a lifelong learner. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Kind of us are. <laughs> I feel you on that for sure. Mm-hmm. And then really broad experience, which uh, I think just can inform so much of, you know, how we show up and what we learn and how all of that comes together when we have such broad experience. So that's awesome. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's um, jump into talking about, you know, these daily meetings or startups or huddles, you know, everybody kind of has their own own word for them. So you've had quite a bit of experience. Um, You know, can you share maybe a challenge that you've seen teams experience when they start, um, you know, bringing in daily meetings into their work? Yeah, I think that the biggest obstacle I've seen um, with daily uh, huddles, I'll probably say all kinds of terms really, um, is just poor engagement. Uh, I think every standup has probably has the intention to be informative, um, drive action and engage attendees, not just only with the content, but also with each other. Um, But standups can really become routine and more like checking a box if that engagement is not kept in check. So what are some ways that you've seen team member or teams work to kind of address this challenge of, in, of low engagement? Yeah, so I, I tend to be a list person. So <laughs> I think of um, engagement and how we increase engagement uh, through four different ways. So first of all, um, being sure that we're adding value for each participant. Uh, second, being sure that we are, a, we are making our boards, um, the actual visual of the boards, easy to understand. Um, third being that we're involving an action and outcome relationship. And then fourth, that we're driving accountability. Um, so I can dive deeper if that works into each of those. Yes, that'd be great. Okay, so, um, so in general, what I typically see with manufacturing is that the board has different elements. So we've got, typically we have um, information under safety, quality, delivery, and cost, or SQDC sometimes called. Um, and then you know, the better boards will have things like problem solving with actions and owners as well. And so just a side note, I have seen, I have seen very effective standups in the office setting that do not use these elements. Um, but I typically do see them in manufacturing this way. Um, and I just kind of think they have a timeless application. Mm-hmm. Um, but so the first one with adding value, I mean, if you're anything like me, which you probably are a little bit because you're in lean, um, I just hate when people feel like they're wasting their time doing something that's non-value added. And so, you know, the heart of lean is really around reducing those time wasters, reducing waste in general. So it's really important to just personally, I feel like it's really important to start with adding value. Um, so each element of the board can add more value just by viewing it from the attendee standpoint versus, you know, the person who's mm-hmm. always putting it together. Um, so it's fine to have standard metrics for each of those areas, especially if they tie to like key company metrics or topics that are being discussed maybe at the executive level. Um, so those are really important to keep your eye on. But you can also add a rotation of metrics that are meaningful to the attendees. So, for instance, if, if a group just recently continu- or did a, an improvement event, maybe around cycle time in a particular cell, um, you could have a team representative that's sharing their cycle time metrics in that cell for a period of time as they're discussing delivery, because that's really personal for them. I mean, there's probably a number of, pe- number of people at the board who, you know, have been through that event and, and they want to see that improving. Um, and you can do that for any of the metrics, really. Mm-hmm. The second is that they're easy to understand. So um, people can't always make it to the stand up. 
And maybe there are multiple shifts in an organization that don't share that same standup. Um, you might also have visitors from other departments or even, you know, I, I've been to companies where we have tours coming through, people from other locations that are doing benchmarking. So at a glance, you should be able to look at the board and understand why people are there, what they're seeing, and what will happen next. Um, I've seen some really good examples actually in the finance department. We had a mission at the top of the board. Um, we had a list of acronyms that were commonly used, and we even had equations for what got us to the numbers that were being reported. Mm. Um, I also like if there's any, which I'm sure you're probably seeing like a red, yellow, or green designation on a board. Um, so just having a legend that tells people what those colors stand for and what prompts something to turn red, for instance. Um, in one manufacturing setting, cost was shared as a percentage. And so I asked different participants what they thought that that percentage meant, and most people had no idea. Um, so then a person in second shift at that same company created a new board, and they not only provided a dollar figure under cost, but they also shared an image of what that dollar figure represented. So for instance, they have a picture of a car or like a kid with braces or college or something like that, ah. that made the dollar figure more relatable, just visually at a quick image for them. I love that. Yeah, I thought that was really clever. Um, and the other part I liked about that finance board that I referred to, and we did this with a lot of um, different departments, but having a mission, um, I just think that's a great thing to include. Because, you know, it doesn't change unless the group agrees that it needs to change. But it really should provide the why behind the stand-up that ties to the overall company's goals. So, so let yeah, me ask ahead. you this. So when you're saying this mission, you know, at the top of this board, you're not saying the company mission statement. No. All right. Tell me what you mean. So maybe a group comes together. And they say, maybe at the top of it, it could say, like, we come together daily to ensure we get the best product to our customer as quickly and safely as possible. Ah. Something as basic as that, um, just so they're all kind of marching to the same beat and they get their purpose. Yeah. You know what I think could be really great about that, too, is that, you know, we've all kind of started something like this and then seen it um, go off on all of these tangents. And we almost forgot the reason why we're doing it in the first place. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's and the whole reason a company has a mission, too, right? That's right. The third thing that you can do is to make sure you involve action outcome uh, relationship there. So um, a common discussion around uh, at standups would be around like problems that the workforce might be experiencing. Um, so they might want to launch, you know, like an A3 or some, you know, some other kind of problem solving tool. And I'm not saying that they would necessarily do that at the standup. They could just kind of initiate it or kick it off or something. Um, but the participants in that problem solving group could be coming back and, you know, sharing any action items that they have. And then the group can see tracking of those outcomes or the actions in those outcomes. Mm-hmm. So being able to witness the full cycle of initiating action toward eliminating root cause and then seeing the outcome of that goes a long way towards engaging participants. You know, they feel like they're, you know, coming there and taking action and doing something like that really is making a difference. It's not just standing there to show up. Yeah. And then the fourth one, the last one is about accountability. So this I think I had kind of a transition in my own brain around the term accountability. 
Um, Because I would always hear it used in the phrase to hold someone accountable. Mm -hmm. And that really, it kind of makes this like disciplinary thing go off in my head, you know, like somebody's going to discipline someone if they're not doing the thing they're supposed to do. But I started switching the way I look at the word accountability as more of a term of engagement. Because when I think about my own experience, if I have accountability, it tells me that I'm included. It says that what I contribute matters and that people rely on my role to make things work smoothly. So that's a really important piece to get people to, be, to feel engaged. So it can take many shapes in a standup. Um, you might have each topic or metric reported by a different person. Um, maybe each action of the problem solving tool has an owner that can share the status of it. Um, I've even seen like a Gemba rotation at the end of the standups where people will walk over to different cells. Um, and then we can have, you know, people at the cells have have responsibilities to talk through, you know, what happens at the cell or sharing the cell level metrics. Um, there's there's all sorts of ways to have accountability uh, grow there. It just shouldn't shouldn't be the same people talking all the time. Yeah, I love that reframe for accountability. Fantastic. And I think you're right. Like nobody wants to just come to this meeting and have one person stand up and talk at you. That's not the point, oh, yeah. right? Exactly. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So that's it. That basically, so I'll just sum it up one more time. <laughs> First one, um, adding value for each participant. Second, ensuring your board's easy to understand. Third, involving an action outcome relationship. And then fourth, providing opportunities for more accountability. Awesome. I love those, Stephanie. These are fantastic and really great ways of thinking about engagement um, and how to make our our stand-up meetings actually contribute in some way, right? So it's not just going, yeah, we don't want to just go through the motions and we don't do it just because we read in a book we're supposed to do it. Right. Right. We do it because there's there's a purpose to it. Exactly. Yep. Totally agree. Fantastic. Well, let me ask you this as we close out, um, for those that are out there, maybe they've started, maybe they've restarted, maybe they're down the road and trying to get just, you know, more, you know, maturity and effectiveness, but what, uh, maybe final words of encouragement do you have for those ops leaders out there who are incorporating daily meetings in their work? Yeah. So, um, probably two things I would say first, the most fundamental way to engage people is just by asking their opinion. Um, periodically stop and ask people how things are or aren't working and ask them to be part of that change. Um, I think it's it's daunting sometimes to ask people what they think because we don't want to hear the answer <laughs> if it's going to feel personal. Um, but, you know, just objectively find out what they think and then just, you know, don't really respond necessarily. Just take their answers to heart and see if there's ways to apply. Um, and then second, I would say kudos to the listeners who are already doing stand-ups or who are even thinking about starting them. Um, I think that they go a long way in connecting people to one another and to their work, as well as to the overall business. So just even getting started, I think that you're taking a great step and you're, you're heading in the right direction. All right. Awesome. Stephanie, thanks so much for sharing uh, your insights and things that you've learned along the way. We appreciate you joining us today. Yep. Thank you. All right. Some great tips from Stephanie. How fun was the story where the uh, second shift team member translated the costs into visual images from like everyday life, right? Braces or a car. 
I also loved how she talked about making these things um, more relevant for team members, right? Making huddles more relevant for team members and the agenda and all that stuff, right? Because too often we approach visual management and daily huddles and other systems and tools from our vantage point. And huddles are not for us as leaders, right? We are not the consumer here. Now, I want to add in a couple of my perspectives based on my experience as a senior ops leader who had responsibility not just for operations, but also for leadership development and continuous improvement across the division. First, you know I can be a bit contrarian at times, and I can remember having some let's not call them heated, let's call them passionate discussions with lean practitioners about daily meetings. Like I call them shift huddles. So that's that's the language I'll use. And this was a conflict, right? So I had several highly experienced lean practitioners tour sites with me. And they suggested changing some things about our shift huddles to make them more, let's say traditionally lean, right? Like there was this prescription, a formula (laughs) for how huddles should run and what the board should look like. And, you know, like, oh, on the top row, it should look like this. And then the second row, it should look like this. And then the third row, it should look like this. And the agenda should go this, 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 and this. And, you know, this is where this is where I was disagreeing, right? So like, while we had incorporated some of that into our huddles, we were leaving, you know, gosh, probably at least 60% of the decisions up to the individual plant teams. So remember, I'm in this multi-unit situation, we've got 20 plants across the country. So there were some things that were consistent across all plants, right? And then the rest of the rest of the stuff, the local teams decided what to do and what to put into practice. And I was getting flack for this, um, saying that, you know, the boards need to look like this or the agenda needs to be structured like this. Or my favorite, if you can hear the sarcasm in my voice, they have to be standardized from plant to plant. Well, I disagree. To me, the best way to get huddles to happen consistently and to happen in an effective manner where team members get value, where team members use them to make better decisions, to build teamwork, to improve the work, to develop their skills and capabilities, is to have them map them out and put them into practice. So we trained all team members on the purpose of huddles and how to get value out of them and how to use visual cues and all the things. Now, they weren't experts though, right? They had some basic training, they hadn't experienced them in a traditional lean environment, and so their customization looked different. But it was theirs. And what that meant is that they showed up every single shift and actively participated in them. And not only that, team members facilitated them. Like each plant's rotation schedule was different, but every plant had a rotation schedule. And huddles were built and facilitated by team members, not by managers. Yes, there was that 40% that was taught and prescribed, right? We have, hey, these are things that we definitely want have to have included, right? It has to incorporate this. And there were guardrails put in place to make sure they were aligned with our true north. But then there was also a big section of it that was theirs. So my perspective is this, right? If you ask me what your huddle agenda should be, and what your board should look like? My answer is, what would the team execute consistently and get value from today? My second perspective is this, and it goes to, it goes along with the first one, right? Like these two kind of go in tandem. Your daily meetings should evolve. Where you start is not where you stay. Let me say that again. With your daily meetings, where you start is not where you stay. 
We have to allow team members to learn through the process of daily meetings and improve them as they learn. So here's my story on this. I had a plant that had some of the best daily meetings I've ever seen. And what I mean by that is the engagement level was super high and the action from the huddles had a great impact. And about nine months after they started, I visited the plant and things just weren't quite the same. Like they were still good, but like it just didn't have the same feel, the same energy and the same impact. And the plant manager asked me, he's like, how could he keep team members engaged? Because they kind of become on this routine thing, that thing that Stephanie talked about before, right? They just check in the box and they just weren't into it the way they were for the first six months. What I learned on that visit is that nothing had changed in nine months. It was still the same team member facilitation rotation, the same agenda, the same board with the same KPI um, categories, the same problem solving cue in the same report out. So I had to own up on where maybe my communication and leadership may not have been clear and may have contributed to this stagnation and then share where they started was not meant to be where they stayed. Teams should evolve their daily meetings as they learn. Remember when I had my first perspective and I'm like, look, I don't need them to be perfect on the go, right? Like I don't even need them to follow some specific formula as much as I need to get team members involved and engaged What that means, though, is as they learn, as they learn about lagging metrics versus leading metrics, right, or indicators, as they learn more about how to use visual management, as they learn more about um, how to think through problems, as they grow in their teamwork, as they start to learn more about each other's roles, right, in all of those things. And by the way, I'm probably going to try and get them exposure to what some other daily meetings look like. So they can see those experience too, whether it's within my organization, or through a resource like a Gimba Academy or YouTube videos, whatever I can find, right? Maybe I can um, do some benchmarking with another company locally. So I'm going to try and get some of that exposure. The key is that we want them to learn, And that means that we've got to change and iterate through the daily huddle process. All right, off my soapbox for now until next week. Anyways, listen, regardless of where you are in the process of integrating daily huddles into your culture for everyday improvement and people development, I hope you found a little nugget from today. And we heard this both from Meredith and from Stephanie, which is keep the purpose in mind. Why are you doing it? Right? Both of our guests said that. And so I want you to keep that in mind as you work wherever you are, as you're looking at your huddles and as you're engaging your team members on your huddles and how effective are they? What is the purpose? What are you trying to achieve today? Not your long-term goal, but today with your huddles, what are you trying to achieve with them? All right. Your next step is to take a few minutes after hearing this podcast and jot down one thing about daily meetings that you would like to take back to your team, not for them to do and implement, but for you and the team to discuss together. What's that one thing? Take it back and start a conversation. Now, be sure to connect with today's guests, Meredith and Stephanie. You can learn more about them and find those connection links by heading over to processplusresults.com forward slash podcast and find episode 15. Until next time.